Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And this is Flyover Ministry. Jordan, question for you as we get going. Don't say it. Why can't we be friends? That's the reason we had all those why, problems. Why can't we be friends? Because you Why can't did we this be friends? Again, the internet and my computer was revolting. Why at can't that. we be friends? Oh. Okay. <laughs> But do you do you appreciate the attempt to, to connect what we're talking about today with the song? Sure, that that was that was good, and I will good. go to geometry and talk about rectangles and squares. Good. Yeah, and so since this is the <laughs> second time through, you should be able to get this. Is a square a rectangle? A square is a rectangle. Is a rectangle a square? No, it is not. Not always. But since what do you a mean not a always? A no, that's just a, that's a, a solid no. Well, it, there's a potential for it. But then it's a square. Yeah. A rectangular square. Anyway. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're talking about some of the main conflicts with Christianity, and you might have picked up on some of them uh, in, in our past dialogue in the previous episode, but we, they, we have some big ones, and uh, we're just going to get into this so that we don't, like, take all of our time um, going on rabbit trails, which we could but we're not going to try to do that. So, out the gate, first huge issue, no mm. exclusivity of Christ. By opening up their faith practices to pretty much any different religious group, uh, you say that you don't need Jesus to be saved. I mean, we, we talked about that as we closed the last episode of what is salvation? It's just to make our world a little bit better place. Um, and so, you don't need Jesus for that. And you're saying any other way is, is a possible way. And that really goes against Christianity uh, because it's about Christ. And as you said, um, it, it also talks about the resurrection, right? Because without the resurrection, we're wasting our time. There's there's no reason for that. And since they deny the bodily resurrection of Jesus, um, that's a huge theological problem. And one of the reasons why we would say they are not Christians. Right. Well, and the lordship of Jesus as well, not just the resurrection, but they would say he's a good moral teacher. There's a lot of things, especially the components of his teaching that instruct us about how we ought to love our neighbor as ourselves. But when it comes down to acknowledging that Jesus is God, they would say, well, scripture doesn't really talk about that. And really easy for them to ignore the parts of scripture that does talk about Jesus being Lord when they kind of pick and choose scripture that they want to read. Yeah, that's that's a huge problem. Um, another issue is that there seems to be no consequence for sin, uh, yeah, kind or of a that, big deal, <laughs> or that God is is not holy. You know, because if if there's all these different things going on, we can accept all these things. That they don't talk about like what is the way we'd be made right with God, or that we're broken in our connection with God too. So if sin doesn't break us in our connection with God, what really is the consequence of sin? And if there's no 
necessary eternity. Either there's there's I'm a little muddled on what they truly believe. You know, some believe there's no eternity. Some believe there's only heaven. You know, love God or God love love wins, like Rob Bell kind of stuff. Mm. But you know, I don't see anybody talking about the holiness of God and that He is anything other than us. And and in some ways, it's almost kind of like going back to to mythology where we're creating something in our image or in Mm -hmm. our ideals. Right. And they probably would accept mythology as well. That's just knowing where they're at. Like probably would. Yeah. There's some tenets of mythology that are beautiful and right and proper and good and true and admirable and worthy of copying. A lot. that's not right. Well, and this is what we talked about is that this is dualistic mentality that the, universalist church has is that you are welcome we admire this but any mindset that would limit the people who are welcome here is not welcome so the logical circular thinking is enough to make one dizzy so we're just going to keep plugging away at the kind of components here that um, we have with conflicts with christianity and i think there's um when you're talking about right all not every rectangle is a square, but all squares are rectangles. Um, what you're talking about here is that can you be a universalist and a Christian? Or can you be a Christian and a universalist? Yeah, it fits one way, but not the other. So that's kind of what you were saying with like a square is not necessarily, or a rectangle is not a square. Um, and in the same way is like a universalist is not a Christian. And some people would balk at that. A universalist would balk at that. Say, how dare you like impose your standards and you're like, that's arrogant of you to say that I'm not. And this is where we say, I'm not saying this. This is what God's word proclaims, that when you reject Mm -hmm. Christ, you are not saved. And he is the only way by which someone may be saved. And that's, that goes to another huge point. Um, The authority of God's word as revelation is huge for the life of a believer. This is how we know God, how God has revealed himself to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the same as a science research paper or as poetry or as the Vedas or the Quran or the Book of Mormon. It's just not. And and to treat it on equal ground with all those things is to remove any foundation for authority you have to stand on because then what you're left with is just like, because I think so. And, and that's where they operate. But that's a very big departure from Christianity. Right. And to think that, you know, God's word has no more authority than whatever self-help book that's out there. Uh, I mentioned this uh, in the first time we tried to record this before technical difficulties hit us. But um, it's kind of like yoga, but without the exercise, right? Where you have, um, <laughs> you, can, you can have good stretches and good poses and it helps your circulation and it's good exercise. Um, but it, it, it's difficult as it is for a guy of my body type to get into some of those poses. Like, okay, yeah, I, there's, there's not a chance in the world I'm going to be able to do that. But there's all sorts of like the language, like center yourself and f- breathe into these muscles and, you know, and all of this kind of, for lack of a better way to put it, or lack of creativity on my part, kind of new agey Eastern terminology that might try to make you feel something. It's it's emotive language, but it's not, uh, it's, it's even spiritual language, but it's not meaningful or true. 
And I think when you when you look at the conflicts, right, not only with Jesus, not only regarding sin, but coming back down to God's word, and this is uh, what we appreciate, this is what I think is true, and so there, that that that's a hollow worldview and religion to follow. And I use the word religion generously because it's not a religion. Kind of coming down to the question here, um, you know, when we talk about cults in the community, is universalism a cult? I would say that it started that way. And that's maybe why we're handling it in this process. Because if you remember the history, it was talking about um, starting as an anti-Trinitarian thing. So they, but they were convinced that they're Christians. They're trying to follow scripture. So their heritage is that, which would mean cult. But as we noted before, it was a departure from heresy into just uh, a false philosophy that's not even mm -hmm. resembling any part of Christianity. And I don't think they claim to, and that's important to realize as well. Um, so jury's out. I think you, there'd be some reason to call it a cult. Um, they do have like a following and, and different things like that. Um, I don't know about their Kool-Aid, but, but it's, it's hard again, because they, they claim so many things, it's hard to nail something down. But I think even in that we see a, another revelation of a departure from Christianity in that what, what it ends up being is its manifestation of worshiping the creature rather than the creator. So we, mm -hmm. we become gods unto ourselves and we worship ourselves when we become the arbiters of truth. And um, we see that in, in this belief system. And as doing such, when we've rejected the authority of God saying, you can't have standards, then, or you have no right to exclude other people, we then are taking the place of God in our own life and we are worshiping ourselves. And this is very human of us. We do this all the time. So um, the fact that it's manifesting and showing up in this way, I guess, isn't that huge of a surprise. But I think that's another important departure to note. And we talk about, too, salvation. Um, what we read before was that we don't need salvation. We don't need a savior. We are saviors unto ourselves, and the salvation we seek is just making the world better, um, which kind of is, is a letdown, you know. It'd be like the equivalent of having an Avengers movie or something, and the epic battle is just like somebody throws a stone and then the guy just goes Phew! and it's over and he runs away crying. You know, it's like this build up for nothing. <laughs> like we've got this problem and we need to save ourselves and just be better. You, you really haven't seen any of the new Avengers, have you? I'm just trying to avoid spoiler alerts where people die. Okay. <laughs> but I'm talking about the new stage of like post end game Avengers. Like no, I've, I've not, not ended in my world. A lot of the new age, new stage Avengers, whatever stage we're in right now, there's a lot to be desired. A lot of um, their flippy floppy content. Yeah, kind of <laughs> trying to ride off of the momentum they had coming up to this point, and they're realizing that fans don't really care for that much anymore. Um, sure. Anyway. Yeah. We are, no, what, what we're talking about though, too, is really with, with no sin to be saved from and the idea of just trying to find as much beauty and worth and value in the world around us really the thing that we need to be sa saved from is narrow-mindedness sure. where well you know you're exclusive and you're you're not uh 
you're all welcome, but uh, this is the way we ought to think. Let's be as inclusive as we can. And the problem is that it doesn't take really anybody too long that's using any form or, or degree of critical thinking to see that there are these conflicts. And that's what we've been talking about for the last few minutes. And we're not even close to done here because we're looking at uh, some of the rest of them. We've talked about a lot of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I pulled a quote here from their website, Jordan. Uh, do you want to read that or should I? I can read to... it. Okay. Most Unitarian Universalist Christians believe in God, but not the traditional God as Trinity that most Christian churches promote. The Unitarian Universalist Christian God is all-loving, as our Universalist forebears taught, and a unity, as our Unitarian forebears taught. This God is too big to be contained in one person, one book, one tradition, or one time in history. Jesus and his an inspiration in his teachings are profound. He possesses a divine spark that is born in all of us and can be cultivated our whole lives long. So, Ugh. yes, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> like, um, the traditional God is Trinity that most churches promote. Uh, we don't believe that. The Christian God is um, too big to be contained in one person. It's not. It's, it's three, three persons. persons. You know? Funny how that works. <laughs> Ugh, by their own admission. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Patrick. For Patrick's sake, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> oh man but then you see a little bit of uh the mormon side of this as well where mm-hmm. this divine spark that's born in all of us like you too can be gods well that's what they're promoting it's idolatry so you right. are your own god this is something that uh, you're able to see and just be a part of um almost is it uh, buddhism or hinduism that talks about being absolved into the greater whole i think that's buddhism i think both of them have that aspect of release into like the the whole the cosmic desire of salvation is to finally be gone because both would practice karma right and so the whole point of karma is to actually get out and to stop mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but as we look at this, uh, especially with what's going on in the world today regarding um, ideologies, regarding how we identify as ourselves, we would look to see that you know the universalist church, especially with that being in the forefront of our culture, is very welcoming to people that are uh, conflicted about their gender identity, that would identify other than their biological sex or how they would term it. Uh, sex assigned as at birth. Um, these are people that uh, are very welcoming to these individuals. And uh, we as Christians would recognize that, you know what, the, the church is absolutely a place for sinners. The sin, living in sin, is something that we have to confront, which, which leads me to wonder here in all of this, and we can talk more about this in the next episode too, but is there some kind of issue or was there some kind of confrontation or hurt that these people have had with the Christian church, which make them want to be like, well, I'm going to go here because they're more accepting and they're more willing to uh, say yes to who I am. Sure. And yeah, that would be, for this. It'd be an interesting thing to try to explore just to see if there would be some kind of connection with that. But I, and I don't know like what the demographics are, how many people are like long-term, um, connected to that, 
Right. So that could be something that would be uh, interesting to to see. But yeah, I think there's there's a flip flop of what we see in Christianity too. Like our identity comes out of who God proclaims us to be. And they seem to say that God, it comes out of who they experience or proclaim him to be. So we have that reversal again too, Mm -hmm. which is, which is really significant um, to consider. And just that one more aspect too. So for example, uh, your experience then as someone who struggles with same sex attraction or, or, you know, gender dysphoria, um, they would embrace that and say your experience then dictates reality. So your feeling will trump the reality of your biological, which which is interesting to think through, like because they also say science is super um, strong. So there's a chromosomal thing, but because of that, they want to be super aff- affirming and, and inviting people in because your experience is like the highest standard. Whereas we would say like no, reality is dictated by what God proclaims of us, the Creator. Like it, there's there's something intentional about being made male or female. Um, and there's, there's also expression of brokenness that we see in our attractions, you know, and it's not just, it's not just the whole, I'm a, a guy attracted to a guy thing. That's a problem. It's I'm a person who's attracted to something beyond what God has said is good. Mm-hmm. So as a, a man who's married, um, it is wrong for me to be attracted and act on those attractions with other women. So there's, that's on the table too. And, and so, it kind of comes back to that that sense that there is a standard um, and that standard is outside of us that we keep mm-hmm. on bumping into and all these different things. And this kind of jigsaws into what we've talked about when we've covered apologetics, right? Which apologetic topic are you going to cover? Well, if you're dealing with universalism, you have to kind of address all of them because they have, it is universal. <laughs> like it's all encompassing. This are, These are things that they have to, to grapple with, which is why you need scripture to really refine us down to here is what we believe. This is what is true. This is what we hold on to. And I think it comes down to logical inconsistencies of what you see within other major religions and worldviews is that if you were to look at Christianity and Islam and Judaism and Hinduism and Buddhism and even the rise in paganism now, um, there are definitely uncompromisable doctrines that each of one of those religions is going to practice and hold to. So the mentality that the universalists would have is that can't we all just get along together? It's a nice thought. And we see that in Christianity where we have people from every tribe, tongue, and nation coming to be a part of the greater church. And we see the gospel extending to everyone. And yet, we are not going to forsake our the doctrine of justification so that we can get along with everyone. Doctrine of justification, rather important to the Christian worldview. Uh, certain doctrines in Judaism and Islam, they are not going to compromise with each other as well. And I mean, we see that going on right now. We've seen that for as long as both have existed. But this, this is where it's a nice thought, and it's something that you should pursue, but under the umbrella of the gospel, is that God's grace extends to everyone. And this is where we, we come down to, and maybe you've seen these. Again, the, uh, the ideology is prevalent, whether or not that congregation of universalists exist, but 
you'll see this with coexist bumper stickers, um, tolerance bumper stickers. Jordan, I I honestly haven't seen either of those for a while. I saw I coexist know. like yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're yeah, out there. They're out there. There's another bumper sticker I'll put on uh, our social media as well, but it's the uh, contradict it is more accurate to those who are spiritually discerning, right? Where they can't all be true. There, 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 there are too many logical inconsistencies that you have to overcome where universalists cannot logically accept all of these. Well, and it's not even just inconsistencies. It's, it's making competing truth claims. So like right. Christianity, well, you'd say Christianity, Judaism, and Islam would all say that there is one God. So monotheism. But then you have, if you throw in Hinduism and all these others that are like polytheistic, that are multiple gods, millions of gods, you mm-hmm. can't, both can't be true. Like, and even if you try to arrange it, well, like, well, there's a super god and then all these minions, smaller gods. Well, then those guys suck and they're not gods. You know, <laughs> like, come on, just deal with it, right? Um, and, and that's just one. And it's a huge one, but that's just one. And then, you know, the identity of Christ and the Christianity, Judaism, and and Islam all differ very greatly on who is Jesus and what did he do. Um, and some people even deny, like, the existence of Jesus. So hmm. there's there's big deals. And, and what comes next? What is afterlife? What is the problem? Um, they, they all have different things to claim about that and to try to pretend that that isn't significant it doesn't really help anybody. You know, it's kind of like, so I really love candy, mm. but I have diabetes. Well, let me just enjoy candy and have diabetes. Like, th- there's no problem. I'll just like start. No, like that can kill you. They don't exist together, right? If you have diabetes, you can't just willy-nilly be eating whatever you want. You have to, like, <laughs> your life depends on this stuff, right? So mm-hmm. they can't both be true. And that's kind of what we're saying. It's just, yeah, it's just one big pile of contradictions. So it's a nice thought, but it just does not match reality, and it's not practical. And for priding themselves on being so logical and reasonable they make a really unreasonable claim with that, which is kind yeah. of ironic. So next week, we're going to talk about how we as Christians can interact and talk with and evangelize and disciple and minister to these people. So um, I don't really have anything else, Jordan. Um, huh. but I'm just grateful that we didn't have to like reset our computers once. This <laughs> yeah. was great. So... <laughs> I pray that you would be able to go in peace like we're experiencing now and not in frustration like we were experiencing a half hour ago. Um, And may your technology work, because that is a blessing. But regardless, uh, we're praying for you as you go and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.